0: Hello, and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an IT, had an amazing, crazy private practice, which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in. And I hope you absolutely enjoy
1: Hello Donna McGeorge. Hello Kathy Love, how are you?
0: I'm very well and I have just made the best confession in the world that um, rather than really getting granular on my podcast preparation you know where I was don't you? You know I was outside sitting in the sun and then I ate three freddo frogs.
1: I think that's the best possible preparation for just about everything. So listeners if you're listening right now and you're thinking I'm just not sure what preparation I need to do for my next meeting, hop outside have three freddos. I reckon that'll sort you out.
0: Yeah, and that was strawberry, so they're counters, you know, oh,
1: exponential,
0: exponential. Yeah.
1: Donna, thank you so much
0: for jumping into what essentially has been a pop-up podcast um, opportunity that we've both dived into. So you've been a guest a couple of times and we love hearing about what you're up to next. But let me introduce you
1: as the Queen of Productivity. Oh, do you think it's royalty? Um, it could be royalty. I'm happy to have that uh, mantle of a crown on my head. Um, yeah, queen of productivity. Let's go. Queen Let's roll queen. with that.
0: The queen of pausing and taking a breath. That could be good. Yes.
1: The queen of space. Creating space, space for what's important. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: That'll work. That'll work. You're going to need quite a few crowns at the rate we're going. I um, know you as a social commentator, if you like, and I know you as someone who challenges vanilla kind of thinking. You're a writer, you're a speaker, you're a teacher, all of those things. How do you like to introduce yourself?
1: I usually say something like, um, I'm a a, a so-called global authority on productivity, mostly because I do a bit of writing, but um, I'm passionate about, you know, Donna McGeorge, global authority on productivity, who's passionate about giving people space for what's important that's how typically I describe myself
0: yeah and the titles and the taglines of your books totally speak to that um the first two hours the 25 minute meeting the one day refund is all about what you do with your precious time but what you can reclaim as well
1: that's it and you you kind of hit it earlier when you said um I do I try to challenge people to think about different ways of of working that aren't traditional. So a lot of people come to me and say, hey, can you give me a hack? Often when it comes to time management, people are looking for hacks. What's the hack, 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 hack yep, that yep, can help yep. me, um, you know, and really what I hear when they're saying that is, can you just tell me something that will make my life a gazillion times easier yep. that is zero effort on my part? Yeah, yeah. Right? Don't we all want um, We all want that. Right. And so whilst I don't necessarily... You know, it's not rocket science, a lot of what I teach. A lot of it is fundamental principles, getting right consistency over time, et cetera. Um, but I do think that when, when uh, what I write about is a little bit different. So if you're thinking time management, you're probably thinking urgency and importance, to do lists, that sort of stuff. Nah. Don't play that game. Play quite a different game.
0: Yeah, way more practical and way more accessible. I um, love all of your all of your books. And because you create so much time and opportunity in your vibrant life, if you're not travelling the world or doing new things or thinking about new things, I happen to know that you had quite a steep deadline on your new and latest book.
1: Yes, I did. Um, are we allowed to name it yet? Are we allowed to name yeah, it? Yeah, totally, well? totally go. Yeah, ahead. okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether we were doing a little bit of a reveal at some point. No, um, no there's, my there's virtually is, no
0: planning, as I've said, Donna. It's, yeah, it's, okay,
1: good-o. <laughs> uh, it's called the ChatGPT revolution and um, there's, there's kind of a wee backstory story of this, if you don't mind uh, indulging just for a second. Um, about mid early to mid-January I started to see lots of commentary coming out around this new tool, this ChatGPT, and people talking about, you know, on the one side it's very productive, it's going to help everyone, it's going to be amazing, on the other side, oh, my God, it's the beginning of the robots taking over the world and AI is going to kill us all. And I thought, oh, well, given that the word productivity has been thrown around with this, thought I'd better dive in and have a look at it. So I set some time aside to have a look. Got my sister involved because she generates a lot of content for e-learning. And so I wrote her in and said, oh, my God, you've got to check this out. So we kind of did a Zoom checking out chat VPC with each other and going, oh, my God, oh, my God, into VPC. Even talk to someone who talks to someone who talks to someone who knows someone who knows someone who's who's second cousin twice removed is someone who's a journalist. And I get a call out of the blue from one of the major newspapers saying, hey, we believe you're an expert on ChatGPT. Could you please, um, would you mind being interviewed around the five things we can use ChatGPT for around the house? I go, sure, why not? Any publicity is good publicity. So I then get onto Chat PPT and say, "What are five things you can do to help people around the house?" and and I fessed that up to the journal. We had quite a, a cool chat. Anyway, it, it got into the papers uh, on a weekend. Following Monday, I get a call from my publisher saying, "Hey, we'd like to do a book. We'd like it to be you. You're a trusted voice in the productivity world. So if anyone's going to do a book, you know, we reckon it's, it's your your title, your name on it will be good." Here's the trick we want to try and get it out. We need you to write this book in about three and a half weeks. Can you do that? And I went, I'll give it a crack. I'll give it a red hot go. And here we are.
0: Oh, wonderful. So the tagline on your book is is particularly eye-catching, how to simplify your work and life admin with AI. Why did you focus in on that part of it?
1: Because admin is one of those things that a lot of people use as a reason to not get done the most important things in their life. So, if in a professional context, you'll say, "Why haven't you had time to do insert important thing?" and I'll say, "Oh, I'm drowning in admin. I'm just drowning in stuff." And at home, um, often uh, admin falls onto one partner or the other, and and they end up drowning and not getting things done, and things don't go as well as they should. So, I thought, how can we create a, a conversation around how we could begin to use Cat GPT specifically? to help us with some of the things that we get stuck with at work and at home yep. um, and also the kind of roles it can play. You know, in the past when I would talk about productivity, one of my angles would be, you know, if you're not working on what's important, maybe you should delegate stuff around. And so many people would say to me, I don't have anyone to delegate to. Well, now you do. Now you do. Everyone now has someone to delegate to. Now, I call it Charlie because ChatGPT is a bit of a mouthful. I just had a call earlier today with someone who calls it Kathy. So it's uh, there you go, uh, Kathy. They actually call theirs Chatty Cathy, is what they call their Chat GPC. Um And so I now have Charlie who is my eager intern. So no matter what I ask Charlie to do, it comes back eagerly with lots of things to help me with.
0: It's so interesting you say how it has a character. I, I say please, I say thank you, I say you've been really helpful, that's great, and I, I sort of treat it as the eager intern, as I would an eager intern.
1: Yeah, and um, my daughter put me onto this. Uh, I, I, I joked around and said, oh, gosh, I keep saying please and thank you, and even when I, even when it gives me a rubbish result, I'll say thanks, can you have another try with, I'm still being very polite, And she says we have to be because if what if the machines do take over the world? They want to remember that you were nice.
0: Yeah, and it literally knows where we live, so best way. Correct. Let's uh, define some terms because let's just start with AI, artificial intelligence, and it's potentially not as new as we think.
1: No, it's been around forever. So Mm. any of you that have bought books on Amazon, every time you go in and it says, first of all, it remembers you because you've logged in and it has all that, But some of the algorithms that sit in the background, that's a word we used to use, were actually AI and machine learning. And so any time you go to a website like Amazon and it says um, you like this book by Donna McGeorge, you might like these books by either me as well or other authors. So it looks at what you buy and it learns what to feed up to you next time you come in. So that's one way we've been using it forever. The other is just about every website now that has some level of customer service, so uh, Telstra, most of the banks, um, even Amazon, um, when you go in and there's usually it's in the bottom right-hand corner of a window and you go in there and you say, yes, it says, do you need help? And you go, yes, I need help finding information about blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Chances are that's being run by a chat bot until it can't answer your question and sometimes a human kicks in. Um, and so they've been around. A really long time. Yeah. yeah. So we've had exposure to, exposure to AI and certainly chatbots for a really long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then what is ChatGPT? It's part of the family, but it's different again. Yeah.
1: Well, ChatGPT is what's called a generative AI uh, model is the mm-hmm. language that they use. And what it means is it's been trained, is the language they use, it's been trained on a massive pile of data um and it means that when I go and ask it a question it has access to all this data so another we don't want to mix too many metaphors but another metaphor is you imagine a librarian that has read every piece of writing ever put in the public domain so that includes books uh websites articles magazines um anything that's in the public domain it has been trained on and so and it remembers it right so if I go you know, imagining a li- librarian that's read everything and I say, what well, can you tell me about this? It could draw from 10 different sources to give me an answer. Uh, and that is extraordinary. I was only saying to my daughter today, who, who I'm staying with right now, um, that I've just inherited my parents' 1963, set of 1963 Encyclopedia Britannica, bound, oh. and we immediately looked them up wondering if they were worth any money. And they're not. They're just simply... Mm. A simply a nostalgia thing and i thought look how far we've come yeah right they were the font of all knowledge and wisdom when i was growing up now i've got access to this extraordinary amount of data in order to help me do whatever it is i need to do what are
0: you using more google or chat gpt
1: well it depends because they're two different things mm-hmm. so um I use, so I use ChatGPT if I'm trying to, if I'm looking for inspiration, trying to get creative, maybe writing an article, or I've got to write an email, and I don't know where to start, or I'm doing a proposal and I don't quite know where to start. I used to use Google to help me design programs because I, I just go to Google and say, you know, clients ask me to run a program on, I, I don't know, uh, new ways of working, as an example. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it was stuff that wasn't, you know, right in my sweet spot. So I don't have a look at what other people were doing and go, ah, oh, okay. Now I'm inspired. Now I know what to build. Now I go to Charlie and say, write me um, a, a two day program on you know new ways of working for people who work in local government. Yep. And it yep. will give me a two day program. Now what I what, and if any, just in case anyone's wondering, let's just deal with the elephant in the room for a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Did I use ChatGPT to help me write my ChatGPT book? And the answer is, of course, I yeah. do. Um, and a lot of people just assume that that means I said to ChatGPT, write me a 35,000-word book on this topic and I just let it generate my I fold while it was doing that. And it's not like that at all. Um, but it would generate, like if I was stuck, I'm like, oh, okay, I want I want three more reasons that a working parent or three more ways in which a working parent uh, could use ChatGPT to take back time. Hey, Sally what are three or ten, actually, I always ask it, what are ten ways? And that would prompt some inspiration. And then if it gave me some kind of, you know, this is a background in academic writing from back in my olden days of being at uni, any kind of declarative statement, you would often have to back up because there's no such thing as an original thought, right? So who said yeah. that? Yeah. So then I'd go over to Google and say, here's the statement. Where's that come from? because I want to reference appropriately so in terms of writing a book I was in and out of both of them but I would say mostly now I'm in Charlie for everything give me I'm heading to France give me an itinerary I need a meal plan I'm doing a dinner party I've got someone who's a celiac give me a really yummy uh menu three-course menu that can be done in 25 minutes or less right so straight in there now for that sort of stuff
0: it seems to bring that content together in a very practical way that gives you a place to start and to work from rather than having a browser open and getting four or five different sources of really valuable content, but then you've got to read and have multiple tabs open and do the analysis and synthesis yourself. So
1: I love it. That, yeah, and that's it has- what it used to be and that's, that's what's saving the time. Yeah. Right, exactly so if right. me to write a seven hundred word article on a particular topic or blog or whatever, I'd go and find ten articles or book references, read them, synthesize, write the article. Now, there's at a minimum three hours. Yeah, it takes me now to write an article. I reckon an hour. Yeah, you know, an hour. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's have a little peek between the pages of the chat. Yes, have you got one there? Look at that. <laughs> Donna Wave's book in the air. Tell us about the, the chapters and the content and what people can yep.
1: expect. Sure. So um, I always, write. if anyone's read any of my books, you'll know what to expect from the very beginning. Always, there's always usually some kind of anecdote story to begin with, then lots of really cool information and then super practical, actual things to do. So I call them experiments. So at the end, there's always an experiment. So that's the overall structure. Um, and in this one, part one is get curious. So it gives you a little bit of background and info about AI, a bit of history. Um, you know, what you can expect. And I do talk about the pros and cons, you know, like it's, um, there's a whole bunch of good things and there's a whole bunch of watch out as well. I mean, it's a dirty, rotten liar sometimes. Like yep. it tells you stuff. Yep. And then I go and check it on Google and it's like that never happened. They never said it. That's not even a thing right? I know, right? So, it's, yeah. 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 Um, and then the second half is around getting productive. So it's literally the roles and, and the way I've written it is, you know, here are the roles that it can perform for you. So if I'm at work, I now have a new virtual team um, and it things like I can now have an HR admin, a personal assistant, a brainstormer, a summariser, a tactician, a business consultant, a strategist, mm-hmm. They're the roles I now have available to me. Um, And then at home, same, same, um, I now have a meal planner or dietary strategist, a travel agent, a personal trainer, entertainment curator, personal shopper, and homework tutor. Now, I I say that very, I pause on that one because there's a lot of controversy around kids using ChatGPT for homework, so I address that in the book as well. So it's really about saying you're not on your own You don't have to be on your own ever again. You've always got someone who can help you when you're stuck.
0: Yeah. Like many, many elements of technology, it's only as good as you use it. And I'm very aware that my ability to um, prompt Charlie is a lot better than it was two and three months ago. Mm -hmm. What, What are your thoughts on the prompts and just honing your
1: skills on that front? Well, what a great question. There's a whole chapter on that in my book. So, um, and I talk about the, the three P's of effective thought. Um, and the first one is perspective. You've kind of got to tell it what you, where you're coming from and what you're trying to do. So, um, it might be, um, in fact, I'll, I'll say all three there, perspective, uh, purpose and personality, right? The other three things I think are really useful. So purpose might be I'm writing a blog perspective. For senior leaders in the finance uh, industry who are wanting to level up, right? Yeah. So that's the perspective. And then the personality so, so purpose, blog, perspective, finance people, um, and personality is, and I need it in an engaging and conversational style, or a professional style, or in the style of Harvard Business Review, yeah. or in the style of a, a, a men's health magazine. Like, you know, whatever you want to write in the style yeah. of, um, you can tell it to. So it, it, as I, you know, I, I've referred to it as an eager intern with a hangover is often how I refer to it. So this eager intern um, that I've got working by my side and I give it instructions, give them instructions, and what they give back to me, they're so eager, they, they'll they give you, they'll, they they so want to please you, as does Charlie, um, yet if you give really bad instructions, it'll give you bad work. So. The difference between having a human intern and Charlie is that you can actually say to Charlie, this is rubbish. Um, However, uh, I've even said to it once, my bad. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It wasn't clear. (laughs) And so then I'd say, okay, that's not what I wanted. Here's what I wanted. The more context you give it. Now, there is something going around that's called a mega prompt, right? So you you literally I've seen them. They're literally you know, paragraphs of information that you're putting in and the more you put in, the more context, the more information you get, you get this extraordinary result. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that in my experience, it's at best 80%. Yeah. At best. Yeah. Usually about half-baked. Yeah.
0: I found in my experience that I am slowing down and reading more carefully what ChatGPT has provided me. And not rushing to reprompt because I I need to learn just that little bit faster than chat GPT how to wrangle the good stuff out of it. And I'll often look at it and even do something and come back to it and read it again and think very carefully about what I want it to do next and what I want it to do differently. When I was just kind of firing off prompts, it was because I hadn't done enough analysis of what it had very kindly given me. And that's just slowing me down um, to kind of prompt better.
1: Yeah, and look, I'll I'll send you this so you can put it in the notes uh, for this um, episode. I've got a prompt guide, and it's just some example example prompts across all of those uh, roles that I talked about earlier for people to get in and have a play and have a look at the results that they get. Um, I haven't investigated this, but I've just found out in the, in the last two weeks or so. It's released this ability for you to permanently teach it. So um, the first of is exactly as you say, get used to writing prompts and using prompts and seeing the results you get. Then figure out what's the information that I'd love it to permanently have on file about me. Now, so before you all get very nervous, this is not personal information, it's not bank details. It's it's just good luck with John that. Donna George. Yeah, George is a is a productivity author. She's written these three books. It's I will now be able to put if I wanted to the PDFs of my books up there. And before anyone says, but oh my goodness, couldn't someone just steal your book? My book's already in there. It's already in the public domain. It's written word, chat GP. Charlie already has access to my content. If someone wanted to say, give me the exact content of Donna McGeorge's book for free or power to you, give it a crack. I don't think it will quite get it right, but it's not gonna
0: be as good to read
1: for sure. No, not at all. so this new capability means that I can store my books, I can store my bio, I can even, I've already taught it how to write like me. Here's three chapters of my book. You're an expert writing analyzer. Give me an analysis in my, of my writing style in two sentences or less. And it says, your writing style is very engaging and conversational. You lots of anecdotes and rhetorical questions. Thank you. So I can store that now and I can say anytime I ask it to write, I want you to be drawing the content from my books so I'm not plagiarising the rest of the world and I want you to write it in my usual style. Um, I haven't tested that yet, but that's that's the new level of capability that it has, which I think is, is awesome for any thought leaders or people that do a lot of written communication.
2: Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulse here. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs and blind spots as an Allied Health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalised report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz quiz today.
0: So let's go back to the life admin piece. And at the moment, uh, there's a very generous offer with ChatGPT with free access and there is one paid level and there'll be more emerging I'm sure. So if we think of the freely the freemium um chat GPT, I think it'd be fun to kind of list up some ways that it can support Life Admin on yeah. a everyday, all day, everyday kind of domestic approach. What if what are your what are your kind of suggestions on that front?
1: Yeah, so probably the one, you know, and I know this because I know a lot of working parents and the question that bugs them most when they get home is what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Um, and depending on how your day has been, depending on how you respond to that, frankly. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I think it's really useful for is meal planning. Um, and if you've already been, a, I've never been much of a meal planner until Charlie came along. Because I couldn't be bothered with, you know, Google was probably my best thing or I'd get some kind of recipe books and they always felt too complicated and it just felt a bit too hard. Whereas now I go to Charlie and say I want seven days of meals. Um, uh, I'm not quite but close to. I'm borderline type 2 diabetes and I've only got 30 minutes to prepare meals in the evenings. Give me a seven-day meal plan um, for dinner only. I'm not worried about breakfast and lunch. Um, And so it does. And it gives you recipes and everything. And then I say, now I'm going to write a shopping list for this in the same order as the supermarket. Now, that's just saved me a heap of time because now I zip around the supermarket in order. Um, I can now print that out and stick it on the fridge, which means anyone says, what's for dinner, Pick out the fridge. Um, still, I you could can also do- well, you
0: can delegate a lot. You could delegate the whole lot to somebody
1: else. What if you've got pre-teens or just early teenagers Who might still be at an age where they're quite interested in having a crack at playing around? It. I mean, late, late age teenagers, maybe not so much. I know it depends. But um, now I might say, now generate a meal plan that between the ages of say twelve and thirteen, twelve and fourteen, could cook without supervision. Hmm. What might that meal plan look like? And so keep going until you're like, I'm free now i'm i've now somehow freed up myself a big chunk of time really good for finicky eaters i don't like peas so i would say no peas um sometimes with uh for me anyway for uh almost type 2 diabetic with diabetes there's a lot of, it overloads on it on the salmon and i'll be like okay i only want one salmon meal i don't want to eat salmon four times a week right so you just keep telling it until you get the right thing so that's meal planning yep. um Planning trips is really easy. So, again, with the free stuff, you know, uh, we're about to head off on a road trip or we're going up to Bun or Queensland or whatever. We describe, give it context. We're a family of five, three kids these ages. They have interest in, um, you know, so if I use my daughter as an example, interest in manga, uh, you know, Japanese uh, mm. cartoon. Um, and it might find some obscure little museums somewhere that you would never have found. Right, and it might find that for you. So it'll give you a plan. It'll even say, you know, we want to do the the we want to do the main beaches. We want to do theme parks. Tell it what you want to do, and it'll lay you out an itinerary. Yeah. If you have the paid version, and I know we're not really talking about that, but mm-hmm. you can actually hook it up to um, Expedia, and it can also link you to make bookings and things like that. So that's a separate thing. But I think the one that really, I always think about what's the stuff that gets into your head, and you're like, I haven't got an answer. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So, my 55 year old sister in law is interested in country and western 80s music. Um, she also likes soaking in hot baths. Um, give me 10 suggestions for a birthday present um, that costs 75 bucks or less. Yeah.
0: yeah. Boom. Yeah. I've loved it for gifts, loved it, yeah. loved yeah. it for travel, right down to the train timetable. What troops take? Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, the only warning on the label was I asked it to do an itinerary around France, mostly using rail travel, and I wanted to get to a uh, kind of a coastal town that's a bit off the beaten track. So It gave me this beautiful itinerary. Anyway, the, the, the rail trip between one, one town and this coastal town was four hours <laughs> like, in each direction. And I'm like, oh, gee. And then when I actually looked it up on Google Maps, it was a twenty minute drive. But because there wasn't a logical way to get there by rail straight across, you had to go up to another town, change to a train, come around to this massive loop. Yeah. So there is still an aspect of this that we need to check. Um, but you know, even anyone with small kids, you know, I've got another birthday party coming up. Give me 10, ex- and, and I always say give me 10 examples, not just one, give me 10 examples yeah. of a birthday gift for an eight-year-old uh, uh, boy who uh, likes the avengers that doesn't cost me more than 30 bucks right too easy yeah any other
0: um, ways could it be used in budgeting or yeah totally yeah, yeah
1: but but, but, but let's just put the warning on the label here that there's yeah, yeah. not a financial planner it is not a bank I would not be putting any personal information right. in there yeah. but you could say these are my financial goals Be as if you are a financial planner in Australia according to Australian banking and regulatory requirements Mm -hmm. and give me a, a plan. Here's my, if you want it, here's my wages, it's up to you. I earn this much or I have this much disposable income. Put a savings plan together for me or put a budget together for me. But let me kind of flip it back here. Now, you could just say straight up, you're a financial planner. I want to set some solid financial goals asking them one at a time what are 10 questions you could ask me that could help you create a financial plan for me. Yep. And so now you're getting it to coach you or ask you questions or interview you so you can give it answers and then it can generate a plan for you. How, How awesome, awesome is, that?
0: is that? You've got to be pretty courageous to kind yeah. of, yeah, I think so. I think um, I think sometimes you don't always know the question you want to ask. Mm. um and some of the things that chat gpt may well be able to help you with you may have been avoiding in real life anyways
1: so, right but and that's the glory of it right yeah. so provided you're reasonably discreet about what person you're not going to say hi my name's sona mcgeorge global authority on product TV, and i frequently write now i'm going to ask you a bunch of personal questions and the rest of the world may somehow stumble across that no way But let's say, you know, I have heard people say um, I'm stuck on what my next job should be. So, Charlie, you are a professional careers coach and advisor. I've come to you to get advice on what my next move should be in my career, asking them one at a time what are 10 questions you could ask me that could help me make some decisions about my next move. So, this idea of you giving it a role to play, you're a careers, a careers advisor or counselor, you're, you're, a, you're a personal coach or a life coach, you're a financial planner, you're a, you're a, um, a Michelin star chef, right? Yeah. Like, you tell it what you'd like it to be and then ask it. Um, good one, sorry, I get very excited about this. One that I found really useful was writing a bio. Very hard for me to write about myself. Um, I, you know, I can say I think I'm amazing, but you've got to find the right words for a bio. So I said to it, um, interview me with an, in, with an intention that you're going to write a bio that would work for Forbes magazine. Ask me 10 questions one at a time to generate enough information for you to write me that bio. Now I'm, I'm doing a bit of word salad with that. It was much more concise when I did it, mm-hmm. but in effect, it interviewed me, generated me an awesome bio. And how happy were you with the uh, outcome? Probably embarrassed because uh, Charlie's <laughs> shameless, right? So whereas we, you know, when I'm writing about myself or talking about myself, I have a fairly strong humility frame. I don't want to overly talk about myself, whereas Charlie, so George is awesome, global, sorry, just awful. author, like, you know, and, and in the end of it I'm reading it going, you actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Who's <Pretty> she? <laughs> yeah. Um And I think the temptation is to water it down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I remember one of my mentors ages ago said that um, when you're writing about yourself or talking about yourself, sometimes you need uh, something like a trailer director. So a trailer director for a movie, it, they never use the actual director because they'll never say the things that the idea of a trailer director is to get them to go to the movie, right? So you want a trailer director that will say all the awesome things about you that you don't think to say about yourself. Now, Charlie is awesome at that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no filter, less of a filter, less humility even. Um, You You mentioned earlier about teens, and I sort of want to kind of bring this down to kids. We can put some Mm -hmm. age around it, but it kind of um, did blow my mind though. I sit with absolute curiosity uh, about how kids will be growing up and be educated with tools like this is that something you've kind of thought thought about i know we've been talking about it in our family like what does education look like going forward what will childhood look like going forward
1: look the way in which information is wildly available to us on our phones anyway right now um means that kids kids uh my, so my daughter is a millennial so she's in her early 30s she has grown up with information available at her fingertips from the moment she could move her fingers around, yep. grasp things, right? I remember watching her pick up a mouse once and it was like, wow, she knew exactly what to do with it, like they're born knowing what to do with mm-hmm. it. And her life, she grew up through the era where we all thought the internet was going to take everyone's jobs, ruin our lives, just um, destroy shopping, no one will ever have real books anymore, all the stuff people freaked out about. And she's turned out fine, thank you very much. So this is just another layer of information at fingertips. In our days, we'd have to sorry, I shouldn't I shouldn't assume that we're of a similar era. In my day, I'd have to go down with a bag full of coins, down to the library and photocopy books in order to do my assignments. In my daughter's days, she she was able to access all the ebooks online that she needed. Now we've got every book on the planet available to us whenever we need. So the thing that a lot of people worry about is will it dumb our kids down? Now, television didn't, calculators didn't, the internet hasn't. Mm. I don't believe AI is going to either. It will potentially augment their thinking is what I believe. So what do I think about this? It will stretch me beyond. It gives me, you know, even when I say, if you were to say, you know, write me an essay about familial relationships that existed in Romeo and Juliet, right? Now, I could say, ChatGPT write me that essay, and it could, could write me an okay essay. It could be then it teaches me, ah, that's what a good essay should look like. That's the, the kind of things I should be thinking about, right? So it's a great teaching tool, I believe. Yeah. But, yes, we're going to have to change education. Maybe written assessment is not the best way now to assess whether people understand a given topic or not. Mm.
0: Oh, look, I'm, I'm with you on that. I see it as another tool to be understood and not so much mastered, but worked with. And it's, it's not as though you can put it in the cupboard and think it's not going to play a role. So I must admit, if I was a educator or a school principal or the dean of a university, I would, I would be very busy right now. understanding first how from a, a staffing point of view where the edges of it are but then parents and kids themselves because it's it's just it's got to work right down the layers i think
1: well if i was an educator i would right now be using it to help me create curriculum write session plans you know i'd be pushing it to be creative you know sometimes so these are the kinds of things we don't have time for right so i'm a busy school teacher and i know school teachers are crazy busy beyond we can what we can imagine. And so imagine now you could get a a, a term's worth of curriculum, you know, out ready to go on a particular topic. Ready to go. So I need a curriculum on this topic for this age, um, that incorporates lots of physical activities. We're allowed to go and do one field trip, put all the parameters in, boom, out comes a curriculum in a matter of minutes that might have normally taken weeks to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, I just think there's so much advantage um, on both sides of yeah. the education. Yeah.
0: And, and I think after are. that wonderful prompt and you get all that goodness and you've run through it, you'd say, and please, Charlie, provide me with um, 10 examples of assessment tasks that measure yes. capabilities on the back of this curriculum.
1: That don't involve written. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if we're trying out, if if now, I've always thought it was only ever a small percentage of kids that genuinely cheat. That now, that maybe I'm naive. Maybe if there's school teachers listening right now, they or parents, they'd be going, "Oh my god, no! Kids will always find find." I don't think so. I, I never did when I was a kid. I quite enjoyed learning, and I know there's a large percentage of kids that do enjoy learning. Um, so you could say I, I don't want to kind of change the rules for the small percentage of kids because kids will always figure out a way to cheat. But I do think I'm, I'm loving this notion of revolutionising. There will be a bit of a revolution uh, learning around having to move away from the written. But not only that, this is going to change. It's a game changer for, for kids, adults, people who have literacy issues. Yeah. So there's this beautiful story that came out of America where uh, um, it was in the Washington Post, I think, uh, where a plumber goes to fix uh, a, a bloke. Toilet or something blocked fixes it up, and then they get into a conversation. And the it was a business person. Business person says, "So do you like plumbing?" And the guy says, "Yeah, I don't mind. It's really all I like to do. You know, I've always had a dream." I'm short circuiting the conversation. I've always had a dream of uh, doing swimming pools with a difference and extraordinary landscaping and stuff like that. And the businessman says, "Well, why haven't you ever done that?" And he says, "Well, I left school when I was like 14." I it was I, I was late to be diagnosed with dyslexia. So I was treated like I was dumb and so I'm just dumb, right? And so I've got poor literacy. I don't know how to spell. And so the best I can do is I'll be there at five to fix your toilet. Because to do proposals and that kind of stuff would be too hard. So this guy writes a little app for him that's based on chat GPT. He puts in things like, um, dear Kathy, uh I'll send you, Y-O-U-S-E, a quote, Q-O-U-T-E, Friday, Bob. And that turns into, dear Kathy, looking really forward to working with you on this project. I'll be able to send you a quote through on Friday. You know, best wishes, have a great weekend, Bob. Now, that's a game changer. That's a literacy game changer. And I just think there's that the positive aspects of that for kids who might have, Learning difficulties, or or things like dyslexia, or whatever, to be able to to play catch ups. Really, it's closing the gap, closing the literacy gap. Yeah,
0: we can roll, we can expand that out to people with um, disabilities more broadly, yeah. or impairments, and then the outcome of that impairment is that they have a disability with communicating as well. So, you know, that's that's a field that we've sort of got our eye on um, quite closely as well about how it will support participation and lifestyles of people with disabilities as well I'm not sure we're yeah I'm not sure over what time frame we're going to see kind of the revolution there but super excited about the the opportunities on that front.
1: Yeah and look and the flip side is I've been talking to a guy recently who writes AI uh, programs that uh, basically observe a human doing highly repetitive tasks and then it writes Uh, a program, but but the AI aspect of it is it goes and draws information and looks for patterns. So he showed me this gorgeous one recently that basically empties out your inbox. And so watch it, right, so you can train it. Um, Here are some standard responses that that I'd like to train you in. This is kind of the work I do. Um, And I I watched it run on an inbox that had, oh, I don't know, several hundred emails in it. And it sorted, replied automatically to a few, deleted a few, popped a few into files, and it ended up with three at the end that said these need a human response because they're a little bit different to the norm. Wow. And that, I thought, look, maybe the average person doesn't use that, but there's so many organisations that have um, an an email inbox that the public just go into, Uh Uh so it might be a, a you know, a business, and there's one inbox and someone has to then process those. Well, this is a, an initial processing triage. tool. Mm. Right, triage, but, but even beyond triage because it answers. It has oh, a look and yeah. says, what are the common FAQs? What are the common FAQs? Here are the common answers. Away it goes. like, like incredible. Oh,
0: Goosebumps. Your, Goosebumps. Your book has been selling off the shelves. What um, What? A-
1: what feedback have you had about the book? It's, uh, most of the feedback is it's a classic Donna McGeorge, super practical, helping make something that could have been really complex, really easy um, and accessible to just about everyone. Uh, so uh, that's been most of the feedback. Uh, look, for all I know, some people could hate it. They just haven't told me. Uh, <laughs> so, so far the feedback's been very positive and the reviews have been uh, very good. Yeah,
0: so we must make sure we put some links into where they can um, where they can get it. And what would you say to people who sort of think it doesn't apply to me yet, the chat GPT? Well, it,
1: the yet is the, is, the, <laughs> is the important part of that question, yeah. that statement, um, because it's coming. So how I tend to think about it is if I looked at your uh, mobile phone, uh, your smartphone, chances are there's probably pages of apps. Most people have pages of apps on their phone and mm-hmm. they've grown organically as yep. you know I've realized oh there's a thing I need to do or there's a better weather app or there's a something app that I quite like or Spotify or something and it grows organically so you end up having files of that same time it's the same with AI mm-hmm. so chat GPT for the moment for me is just like I've bought the phone and that's the main thing I'm using is is it for a phone right but but it's kind of my homework at the moment is there are hundreds of apps that are AI based. So, how to create it'll you put in a bit of information, it generates a PowerPoint deck for you. You put in a video, a raw video, like a video like we're, like it, that we're taking. I know that a lot of people are listening to this, but we're also on a video Zoom. We could put this in, and there's editing tools that will automatically edit this recording, cutting out ums and ahs and slow bits and stuff like that, and it will edit it for you. So, there's just two examples. There are so many so many examples of how it's working. So I would say, look, it's okay if you want to sit back and wait. Um, you know, wait till there's enough of a reason for you to use it. And I would further add uh, it's probably time to get a bit curious about it because uh, you don't want to be left behind with this because it is the it is thing. It is a thing. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger and brighter and easier and more wonderful. You might as well get on board with it now.
0: Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add in before we uh, click off from this conversation?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think we'll put a link in the in the notes around how to get into Chat GPT. It's very easy to get a free account. You don't, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to go and play with this. So just you you know, go log in, grab the prompt guide that we're going to have as part of these notes. Go play and just see what you see. Have some fun.
0: Yeah. Donna, thank you so much as always. Goodness knows what we'll be talking about next time. I'm sure there will be oh. something popping
1: up. Seriously, Kathy, if you'd have said to me at the end of the last one, um, I'll see you in in six months or so after you write your next book, I'd have said no. Like, no, I won't be writing another book. And here we are. Here we are.
0: All good. Thanks, Donna.
1: All right, see you, Kathy.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues and we are totally here for you don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done looking forward to seeing you there